Section 6 of Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts by David Alec Wilson. Section 6 Where Tigers Flourish. Part 3 Working Alongside. On the morning of the 18th March, some twenty men turned up, and the Thugi informed me that the others would follow. So I made a move and got as far as the Kanpat stream, where I halted for a bit and had breakfast and then moved on again. It was my intention to make the Pyongbok camp that day, as I was told it had a fence round it, made by the patrols to keep out the tiger. But the coolies would not move fast enough, so I camped on the Nanpalan stream. After seeing the camp pitched and everything in place, I told my clerk to make all the men stay together, and not to let any men go about the forest in ones and twos, for fear of the tiger. I also told him to have a big fire burning and to keep a watch of five men at the fire, and to relieve them every two hours, and to call me in case of an alarm. I turned into bed at about nine o'clock, and had not been in bed ten minutes when the clerk came and called me, saying the tiger had come. I jumped out of bed, and taking my rifle, ran out. The men at the fire told me that a pony tied near them began to get very restless, and kept looking towards the stream, so they got up and looked, and saw the tiger not twenty paces off, ready to rush at them. I asked where it had gone to on being found out. They replied that it had gone down into the stream. Whilst I was talking to the men, one man, who was looking in the direction of the stream, said, Look, sir, there it is, going up the bank. And sure enough, there it was, about seventy yards off, going across the bed of the stream. I had a shot, and it sprang up the bank, and just as it was disappearing, I fired a second shot. All the men said I had hit it, and Mount Kinga Nia, my forester, was for going and looking for blood. But I thought this too dangerous and would not let him go. The next morning we got up early and went and had a look at the place where the tiger had been standing when I fired at it. I found where both the bullets had struck the ground. They were both clean misses and had struck below the tiger and between its legs. N.B. Mr. Allen was and is one of the best hunters in Burma, but in firing in the dark one cannot see one's sights, and so the best of shots makes misses. D.W. For the next three days nothing happened, and the coolies seemed to have gotten over their fright and were working well. On the 23rd I moved camp to a place on the Nansawan stream. The forest there was very dense, and I did not at all like the idea of camping there, but as that was the only place where there was water, I had a place cleared and pitched my tent, and then went out to inspect the work. I gave orders to Monkianao to go ahead and pick out the way the line of demarcation should go in, and also to see how far the Damwasan, that is, three waters meeting, a camping place where three streams met, was from my camp of that day. At 3 p.m. a man came to me from the camp and said that M.G. Kiania had returned, as he had been chased by a tiger. On my return to camp in the evening I sent for Kiania and questioned him as to why he had not carried out my order. He replied that he and two other men were going along the foot of the hill, following the boundary, 
when they came on to a half-eaten sambour, big deer. They were going to take the flesh and bring it to the camp for their dinner, when they heard a rustling in the leaves, and on looking round saw a tiger coming to see what they wanted with its dinner. The men, seeing the tiger coming, dropped the sambour and went for all they were worth, till they got out into the bed of the stream, and then came down it to my camp. I thought the men were afraid to go out by themselves to locate the boundary, and had invented the yarn about the tiger. M. G. Kiana said, If you do not believe me, sir, I will show you the place. On the morning of the 25th, I went out with M. G. Kiana and three or four men, and they took me to the place where the tiger's kill had been, and sure enough there had been a kill there, but it had been finished off during the night, and there was nothing but the skull and feet left. On my return to camp, I had tea, and was thinking of tying out a goat, and sitting up for the tiger, but I did not like the idea of having to get off the machan, platform made in a tree, and come back to the tent in the dark, so I gave it up. Another objection, fatal to this plan, was that the men would have been afraid to stay in the camp at night by themselves. D.W. About 4 p.m. the men were returning from work, when I heard a great shouting not far from camp, so went out in the direction and met them returning. The forester in charge informed me that a tiger had charged out at the line of men and had tried to take one from the center, and that the man had thrown his da, big knife, at the beast, on which it bolted back into the grass. End of section 6 Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona